on the line, it looks like we've got Roger James there. And Roger, it is a good afternoon to you. Appreciate taking the call this Arvo, mate. How's it going? Good afternoon, guys. Yeah, really well. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you'd be interested there. Dragon Leap just looked absolute class. And it's a pretty exciting time coming into spring with plenty of good horses starting to come back. And uh, the trials, there must have been a bit of buzz on Tuesday at Tarapa. Yeah, I'm out in the garden, so I haven't caught up with the latest. Did he win with 62 on his back? He did. Oh, he put, put a hole in them, Roger. Oh, he did it. Yeah, no, he's always looked a good horse, hasn't he? Yeah, he's always showing massive glimpses, mate. And um, you must be pretty happy with the way Prowess has come back. I, I, I thought it would be a good time to catch up with you because it's quite interesting what, what, trying to plot and work out where these nice ones go and, and obviously the trials are just the trials but what have you made of her coming back into the stable and and what did you make of that trial from you and Robert's perspective? Did she do everything you wanted? You think it's interesting, I think it's um, confusing to be honest trying to plot the, the course <laughs> for these horses but um, look, uh, she hasn't forgotten how to gallop and she's always been a class act as we know and um, the trial was very good. She wasn't there to have any pressure and she didn't get any pressure, but to see her do that was um, yeah, confirmation that we're on the right track anyway. Can I... I'm curious by, by that statement that it's uh, it's uh, confusing for you and I, just asking a few different trainers this week what, what they make of it. And We had Darren Weatherly on this morning and he kind of he gave us a bit of word vomit about all the different permutations that you need to consider when you've got these horses that are good enough to go to Australia, but what do you do? Do you give them a run here first? Um, obviously, owners' interests come into it. And then I guess the biggest one hanging over everyone is weather. And is that something that's it's just made it a little bit more difficult for you, trying to work out what sort of tracks you're going to get and, and you know not wanting to unnecessarily put miles in the legs of superstar horses with wet tracks? Oh, look, there are a lot of pieces to the jigsaw and, um, you know, uh, in Australia and, and both Victoria and Queensland, um, New South Wales, sorry, there are um, uh, increasing options year by year. Um, I've been fortunate. I've, I've had one or two nice horses um, that I've had this uh, this sort of um, issue with and you know the last one probably at this level was Silent Achiever so I, I sort of know one path but um, there's been a, a few more avenues open up since here and uh, um, you've got to give consideration to them all um, regards to the weather um, yeah we certainly don't want to see her going around on um, on bottomless tracks um, she's going to be vulnerable when she's um, uh, only three quarters ready anyway on the fresh side and um, you certainly don't want them dead ready for um, their early runs or else you're not peaking at the right time. So you, you walk a tight rope a little bit and uh, we are fortunate she handles some cut in the ground but um, yeah, won't be going around on the on the bad stuff. And then to, to add the other uh, point, uh, issue into the equation is this million dollar race for the four-year-olds at the... Um on Karaka Million Night, which is really interesting to see what that field shapes up as. It's a big carrot at the, uh, right in the middle of summer there. Roger, just for punters, and uh, I know there's so many moving parts, so you probably can't speak with absolute certainty, but what percentage chance would you say there is Prowess runs a race in New Zealand before she goes to Australia this prep? Uh, very little. Very little. Very little. 
and okay that is wonderful and well for clarity purposes um are you thinking do you leaning victoria to new south wales or vice versa yeah i'm leaning towards the memsey um it's a race of I've used, uh, I think, two or three years in a row with Silent Achiever, and, um, you know, I, I'm not going into it thinking that it's a winnable race. Um, Australia's got a host of um, good sprinter milers, and, uh, uh, but it, it just um, normally leaves it, uh, has the option of a better surface than what we're having in New Zealand at a similar time of the year. Um, and it, it just lets you get there and settle in. You know, if you if you take in a Hastings race, you've got uh, a massive, you know, twelve-hour day um, there and back. And by the time you race, and uh, um, you know, when they when they're, they're they're quite vulnerable when they're three quarters ready. And uh, I think you know, you've got to if you're thinking Australia, you've got to get there at some stage. And my thinking is, we get there. And treat the Memsey as a trial. I know it sounds stupid, a $700,000 race or $750,000 <laughs> race, you treat it as a trial. But as I said, if you if you have a wound up for that one, um, when are you going to peak? Um, so uh, that's my thinking at this stage. This is great. Um, well, I guess, do you then work backwards? Do you know when you want her to peak and what distance you want her to peak for, Roger? Look, I've uh, I've got a pad on my um, desk at work and it's got every option um, depending on how she um, how her form is um, it's fair to say uh, spring of their four year old year with a class mare like her I find um, you know quite concerning um, they're not mature yet and she is really proving that um, in, the, in the three months she's been in work she's uh, I wouldn't say she's pleasing me. Um, her trial was good, but her coat is not moving yet. And um, she's grown. Um, she's a, a monster now, but she hasn't furnished. Um, mm. uh, sometimes after you get a run under their belt, they start to do better. And I'm hoping that in the months from her trial to the Memsey that she starts to come our way and help me a little bit. But... Um, we have options at every level after the Memsey. Um, we can drop back to fillies and ears, group three, whatever. Um, if everything seemed to be flying, we can move up to, you know, other more lucrative options. But, um, you know, I, I hark back to, to Silent Achiever and I remember taking her over and she... Uh, she was in as good an order as I could get her, and she um, went over there and she won the Waterford Crystal in a canter um, and three days after getting off the plane. And from then on, I had three and a half weeks, I think, to the um, to the matriarch. And um, I'm not lying and saying that she was eating about as much as you could fit in a baseball cap, um, and she just wasn't coming our way at all she wasn't a happy horse she looked weak and uh, probably um, if I made a mistake with her career it was running her again I probably should have brought her home I ran her in the matriarch and she went poorly and I brought her home um, that autumn she came from last in the BMW and was beaten and no one more stride would have won the BMW and uh, 
the difference in horse with uh, five or six months on was just enormous from uh, a filly that was worried and weak and not feeding well to in the autumn uh, um, a made um, article that was ready to take whatever you threw at her and um, uh, you know as I say it, it's um, a big step from secluded three-year-old fillies that stay company which is basically what she won in Sydney um, it's a little secluded group to be throwing them in at weight for age against all the warriors and war horses and seven-year-old colts and geldings and um, horses that are as hard as nails and um, I think it's you know it's a big leap and uh, only the very special ones can take it at the top level in the spring I believe. It's an amazing reference point you've got to be able to look back on that journey and um, point it to another mare that might be as good or if not better potentially touching when she stays sound so it's really interesting to get your insight Roger and really appreciate it. Hey we've got to run because we've got to get you back to your garden and we need to go to race 7 at Rickerton but speaking of Rickerton <laughs> everything going well for orchestral I assume she'd be going through the Hawks Bay and, and then hopefully down to the Thousand Guineas yes or no? That is, that is the plan yeah absolutely and um, yes uh, we've Beautiful. Roger James, uh, trans partnership, of course, Robert Wellwood. That, boys, is a fascinating insight into how you plot a Group 1 superstars preparation. A great and, uh, insight, wasn't it? Oh, that was, that was, I was just loving every second of that. And while that was going on, uh, you guys been watching the footy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, don't adjust your screen. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back on the back of this race, Louis. Shall we keep everybody glued? But uh, thanks to loveracing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles, and more for that enlightening chat with Roger Jones.